Welcome to the new IT podcast, where we dive into the future of staffing technology professionals, where it is, where it's going, and what to expect. I'm Bobby Glenn James, owner of Boteca IT Services, and I've been hiring and firing IT for over 20 years. And I'm Brad Anderson, owner of TechBridge, where I find the talent Bobby gets to hire and fire. Learn what companies are looking for, how you can stand out, and get your next dream job. And if you're hiring, learn how to retain top talent in the market. Welcome to the new IT, the new IT. Here we are, the new IT again. What are we talking about today, Brad? What's going on? What's the title? What's happening? Who do we have? We have a guest. We do, believe it or not. I'm actually really excited about today's topic. Ooh, I and am too. Today's topic I'm is mentally mental, really right? excited about Absolutely. <laughs> I like where you're going with that. <laughs> so today's topic is mental health and what it means and, and how does it really affect people in the IT industry? So that's that's kind of more where we wanted to focus. Yep. Awesome. And, awesome. and who do we have here today with us? So I'm Marshall Papke. I'm a CEO of 2020 Advisor Group and former executive with Mountain America Credit Union and uh, spend a lot of my time in both the executive role but also in human resources. So dealing with people and all things people and their needs in the workplace. And that's where we're going today. We're gonna Absolutely. we're gonna dig deep, right guys? We're gonna kinda get we're gonna open up some a little bit of yuckiness maybe and kinda see how we can make it better, right? Maybe a little pa- maybe a little bit of Pandora's box, you know. Pandora's see box. what's in there. And there's hope for the future, right? Absolutely. I mean I think uh, the little bit that we've talked together, the the vision is that maybe companies are getting a little more aware and is is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Marshall? I mean this Just like you mentioned, uh, mental health has a certain stigma to it, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't talk about it very often. And the reason we don't talk about it is because it's uncomfortable because we've created a culture by which we feel like this isn't something that anybody really wants to have a conversation over. So what is mental health and what are some of the issues when mental health isn't dealt with or, or talked about or discussed? So what are some of the things that you see in your neighborhoods or in your family or in in the workplace i think now especially with covid 2020 all that i mean i hear more now depression uh suicide i I know so many people that have actually committed suicide in the last year and a half and it's just crazy to me it feels like depression is a is an epidemic right now so for that's what i've seen here's my question to you though i mean has it always been there, or are we now just noticing it because of the pandemic? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, what, let's let's ask yeah. Mr. Marshall. So what I you? so what what I've read and studied is that COVID has brought this to the forefront mm-hmm. for us all, because I think one mm-hmm. you know we were not talking about it, we were not dealing with it. It just was putting it under the rug. Yeah, just just dealing with it inside mm-hmm. and not bringing it to the forefront or the okay. outside. So statistics say one in five individuals right now is suffering from a mental illness or mental um, health episode. Wow. One in five. One in five in the workplace. So wow. So if you have 10 employees, two of them are currently suffering whether you know it or not. Wow. So, I mean, help me understand. I mean, what, what, what does that mean to, to companies? Or, I mean, how does, that, how does that impact people in general? I mean, is, is it... How paralyzing is it, I guess, is the bigger question. Well, here's, here's how I would address it. And if re- reflecting back on my corporate career, given that statistic, there were people on my teams that were suffering from mental health. Okay. 
and they were most likely um, that most likely was having an impact on their productivity or their performance oh wow but we never had that conversation but if we had an awareness or conversation around I'm having some depression I'm having anxiety as a leader how could have I better supported them in being the employee or the performer they wanted to be instead of talking about performance unrelated to why it was happening because I thought maybe they're lazy you know maybe they just don't understand maybe they're not committed maybe they're not loyal all these other things instead of there were some situations I believe that were mental health issues but I can see that now but I didn't see it then Mm -hmm. so here's a question for you guys working in the industry what is the responsibility of the employer or leader and what's the responsibility of the employee as it relates to mental health? Ooh, I yeah, think that's a good one. I think this is good only because it's not talked about, really. I mean, in, in my space, in the world, I, I remember going to, I don't know how many in the corporate, when I've been in the corporate world, how many you know quarterly reviews that I've been through that, hey, can you do better at this? You know, if you, your leadership skills needs work or, you know, stuff like that. But never was it ever how you feeling, right? Or how you how you doing? Are, are you okay? Mental? I mean, that was not a discussion ever. Well, and you and think that is that changing now? Because well, it, it's like don't ask, don't tell. If you're crazy, I mean, you just you know what I mean. Well, okay, so let's talk about a couple of things because this opens up a whole Pandora's box. Yes, right? yes. So the first thing is um, when we say respectfully crazy we're putting a stigma on it right yeah right so we aren't we when we say mental health aren't we still putting it isn't that a stigma too it is and so (laughs) so how do we talk about it differently in this you know this emotional right having emotional health Mm -hmm. focusing on the positive can be a way that we start talking about it differently right Mm. because all of us at some point in time are going to go through some type of depression it may not be deep it may be sadness we're all going to have some level of anxiety. It may not be um, create instability with us or mind crippling or job crippling, right? Mm-hmm. But we're going to suffer something that we're going to need to overcome. So are we going to feel like there's a support system at work that will help us, whether at work or whether at home, whatever resources well, are available to us? But in the past, there really hasn't been. I mean, I, I know, again, looking at my corporate background, mm-hmm. I remember, hey, we have this phone number you can call. EAP, right? Employee Assistance Program. Yeah, we have this phone number. If you are having a bad day, call this this number. Right. And we all joked about it all the time. Right. You guys call the number? You got to call the number? Right. And it it, it was more like a joke than, I'm not going to call that. I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. Did we not feel safe? And is that changing? Yeah. So let's, let's, I'm going to. I'm going to maybe step out on a limb here. I think there are some gender discrepancies within this conversation, okay? Ah. Meaning that I think that females, for the most part, okay, um, have a good system of talking to each other when they're having emotional health Mm -hmm. challenges or relationship health challenges. Mm -hmm. And you guys will both note, especially in the community we live in, where do men suffer the highest suicide rate besides teenagers? What? What, what uh, age? What age? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. 30 I would say to fifty. That's what I would. Thirty-five guess. to fifty. Yeah. Thirty-five to fifty. And I'm guessing if you look at some of the people that you know who committed suicide we're recently. Yep. They were in that. They were 
absolutely those ages. So here's 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 my why as I've looked at this, both personally in my community, in my neighborhood where this has happened, as well as externally, is men have not been raised to express their feelings as openly as women. Is that fair? Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. We're, we've been taught that you don't cry. Right. You don't whine. You're tough. You, you know, you're, you're tough. Yeah. Real, real man. Don't. You, Right. You get to work. You yep. work through it. Yep. Right? So you just work harder. So you just push it down. You yep. push all that emotion, all that stuff. You keep pushing it down until until you, you're done. You, pop. you feel like there's no escape, and then your escape is to end it. So with all that said, I want to tie this back in then. Is there an industry where that's the most prevalent? Well, one of the industries where mental health has been shown especially during covid to be very prevalent is in the isit industry it that and and we also know we we've we've done women in tech discussions and stuff but we do know that in that isit uh it's very male dominant absolutely it just is uh is that do you think that is a cause or is it because of the position the job the technology the stress i mean let, let's just throw everything on the freaking planet at you absolutely okay. <laughs> so so my answer is yes okay so number one your job is generally in isolation a lot of isit jobs are in isolation whether it be programming or some of your networking you know, there's very few jobs or fewer jobs that have a lot of interaction with people. True. On an ongoing basis, right? Maybe within their teams to some degree, but you're isolated. So now we have, let's just go back over the last couple of years. You have that as it relates to your job responsibilities, and then you throw COVID on top of that. So you're even isolated to the next degree. Now you so don't you're kind even of go to your cubicle and see people. Now you got to right. just stay at home. Right. And when we built a corporate office, you know, our IT people, what did they want? They wanted this little cubicle that was dark. Brad's looking at me. He, every time he comes in, he's like, why are you in the dark? Why, yeah, are you much. vampiring in today? I'm like, Brad, I'm always in the dark. If nobody's in here and we're not doing a show, the light's off. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so even that becomes across as a little depressing, right? A little bit. I mean, I would have to say. I, mean, I think it's relaxing, but okay. It could be sure. relaxing, yeah, but sure. I could see how it could be construed as that. I hate those lights. I hate those lights. Yeah, right. they bug what you're looking at. So, so yes, I think it's it's the environment. I think sometimes it's the fit of the job. Okay. Um, there was a great framework years ago working with a professor down at BYU, Dr. Gary Rhodes, and he had this model, and he basically said, you know, if you take an individual's passion – and you put it on a scale, and on the other side are their stresses. Hmm. As long as your passion outweighs your stress, you can be engaged. And the higher the difference that is, the higher engagement. But when your stresses outweigh your passions, all of a sudden that is the situation where people begin Shift. to suffer. Hmm. And that's the so point. The job, the, the job uh what, what's the word I'm looking for? The job satisfaction. Contentment. Right. Yeah. Starts the contentment, starts to uh, be overrun by the stress and the worry of, of what they're doing. Right. And you lose engagement, right? You start losing and, engagement. And like you said, satisfaction or right. contentment, those words are. And that's probably easier in the IT world, in technology, to get to that point. I think so. And that's what we're seeing in the data. That's what we're seeing in this information about what happens specifically within uh, the ISIT field. And so 
I would say, so how do you solve that, right? And not only how do you solve that, but are we moving the way you're, you're fixing to talk about that, right? Yes. How we solve that. And, and is that what you see as the future? Yes. This is where absolutely. we're going. So this is what this is. Now we're going to get in the nitty gritty. We know it's a problem. Yep. It absolutely is absolutely. a problem. In IT, we know there's a lot of depression. I, again, have had friends that are no longer with us. It's uh, so it's kind of close to my heart. I don't want to break up because I will. But uh, yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a serious it's something serious and something does have to be done. And well, you think companies are going to start waking up? Well, let, let's be really frank about this. There's probably somebody listening to your podcast right now that's suffering from this. That's considering suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the the numbers bear themselves. I mean, so I mean, if we're going just purely off the analytics or the data, then yes, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. So I do think companies are shifting, okay, a couple ways. I, again, I put in employee assistant programs in organizations, right? And the utilization rates were generally in the single digits. Really? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize it was that low. Yeah. Because people, when there's a stigma with reaching out and even having counseling, right? Yeah. Counseling is seen as, oh, I'm broken. Yeah. And see, that's a mind shift that we have to, we have to fix. Because do you go to the gym to make your body healthy? Do you go see a doctor to make your body healthy? What's what's yeah, the stigma with going to a counselor? To keep mental health. Mental health. Absolutely. Okay, so so I want to read this little clip. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, and this is out of from Harvard Business Review. It's a it's an article t- titled How We Rewrote Our Company's Mental Health Policy. Hmm. Okay. Listen to this and see if this doesn't resonate. Imagine you and imagine how you'd react if one of your employees crawled her way into your office with a broken leg or became visibly ill at her desk. You'd probably you wouldn't ignore her physical health or tell her that she really needs to keep her personal problems at home. Right? I mean that seems obvious, right? You'd help her to the emergency room and ask how you can help uh, during the recovery. The truth, the truth is that employees' health is rarely as obvious as a broken bone or the flu. Sometimes your employees silently struggle with illnesses that you never see, but their need for inclusive, supportive health care and adequate accommodations is just as great. Wow. So I think visually, if we keep that one image in mind and look at mental health needs or issues differently... All of a sudden, I'm more aware of saying, okay, if somebody came with a compound fracture, yeah, I'm not going to say, hey, get back to work. You know, go work harder to solve that problem. I'm going to say, dude, you're, <laughs> you're in crisis situation. Are you in shock? You know, I will call the ambulance. You know, you're going to need some stitches. How do we support you? You know, you're going to need some time off. But if somebody comes to you and says, I'm having a really hard day, do we say, take time off? Do we say, get back to work? So I do think companies are becoming much more aware that this is real. Can I... I hate. I I don't want to say devil's advocate, but but I I do want to 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 and and this is no neither good nor bad. It just I think is the way it is. Yeah, sure. I know exactly so, where you're going, and a, that's what I was going to yeah, think. Yeah, a broken leg is something you know how to. You can fix. physically see. Yeah, you can physically see. You know when it'll be fixed. You know when they'll be healed up from it. A mental illness could be something that they'll have to deal with forever that could really mess with productivity. And if I'm just a manager that knows, oh my gosh, this is a problem employee. Right. And instead of trying to help them, do, do you think that, that they really are starting to go, oh, instead of just looking at our productivity is crap because we have a mental case in our group. 
Yeah. I mean, is that, I mean, I know that's the way it used to be. Well, and so. Do we, are we changing that? Because I, it, it, mental is such a, it's this vague, even, none of us, even, even psychiatrists don't really understand what that, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, where so, are we going with that? You, no, this I'm is. Sure you, this, this no, is a, I know where you're going with this it. This is a big topic, right? Because we're we're unaware to some degree of our biases, of our biases, how to handle it, how to manage yeah. it, and until it hits home, yeah, we're like uh, that's somebody else's problem. I think, yeah. But when it hits home, let's say different, maybe changing how you said it a little bit. Let's say that you have a high performer, and they go from being a high performer to they're struggling. Do you care now? Yeah. If you go to the person who programmed your database, if you go from the person who built your network and, it, and all of a sudden they're sick, do you care yeah. if they're going to be able to come back and manage it? Yeah, you care a Absolutely. lot. Absolutely. Right? True. True. So let's then take another scenario real quick and then I'll get on with the topic is let's say somebody has cancer. It's not a broken bone. We can't see it. I don't understand it. I don't know how to heal it. It's going to be a long, it's going to be probably a long ordeal. Do we treat that still differently than mental health? We, we, we do, we, but we shouldn't. But, but we, shouldn't. we have compassion for that individual. Do we have compassion for the individual who's struggling with anxiety or depression? No. We tell them to get back to work. This is the issue. But you do believe that this is changing. I believe with organizations who really care. Ooh. But, but, but once a company's worth billions, does any, do they care? I mean, come on. Can you can can a billion dollar company that has this crazy board that's completely disconnected from the the employees can they care? Okay, so on your wall here you have some words, right? You have wisdom, love, wisdom, relationship. So it comes down to core values. It comes down to their mission and their vision and their you know their values. So yes. So your answer is yes. Absolutely. And I I agree with that. I yeah. mean I do I do feel that companies that are forward thinking and that understand and realize that they're their their employees are their backbone they're they're really understanding and they're getting that um i used to work before i started TechBridge. i used to work for a digital agency there was about 200 of us but it was a it was such a close connection that even to this day there's still people that i talk to from that from that company and because of the culture it's it's the culture it's it's the fit but it's it's them being forward enough to be able to say hey we're doing this hey we're doing this hey we're taking care of you and it, it it does start from the from the top down, in my opinion. And I think the, the the big thing that you're getting at, and and that you're getting at too, is that even billion dollar companies are run by people. Absolutely, are run by human beings that either care, don't care, love, hate, exactly, want what's best for you. You know, those they're human beings, no matter what company it is. Yeah, at the beginning of the day, we all put our pants on one leg at a time. Exactly. Yeah. And this, I mean, I don't know how this kind of ties in, but I also look at it in the aspect of if I can help this person, I'm going to have somebody who's going to be loyal to me and my company and Absolutely. my organization well beyond any other any other person that's going to be there. So true. I mean, in, in my company, my, my, my people know that I absolutely care about them. Mm-hmm. They know that Bobby will go to bat for them no matter what. Exactly. And and I and I do. And I do. I love them. I I'll use the dang love word. Yeah. I'm not absolutely. afraid to because I care about those people. Yeah. And they know it. And 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 I believe if you want great customer service, then care about your employees. Absolutely. The second they know that you care about them, they will care about those potential absolutely. clients and, and people. Absolutely. 
You know, you you basically create, right, your environment based upon how you treat the people who work in your organization. And they're not probably going to treat the customer any better than they're treated. Exactly. So 100% agree. It's not rocket science. No. And I don't understand how big corporations, some, don't get that. Well, and even small. And when I talk to, yeah, and I, you're talking to a support person, and you're like, this person could care less right. about my problem. Right. They literally could care less. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the point of yelling at them? <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. And so I think I think you use some very important words. So you ask, are companies changing? And I think what you said is, do companies express their care and concern for individuals? Do their leaders, because that's the representative of the company to the people working in the company, do their leaders know how to express that in an appropriate way? Do they manage by... Uh, results and impact or do they manage by some other metric? Do they manage by micromanaging? Do they manage by pressure and stress? Do they manage by successes and celebrations and recognition? All of these come into creating an environment where you either have higher or lower stress which ultimately can lead to mental health challenges. And isn't this, this all comes down, we, we come back to it over and over again I think culture of the company. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and when you're looking for a job, wanting to be hired, you want a company that, that has a cultural fit for you, right? A hundred percent. And not only the culture of the organization, but there's subcultures within organizations, right? Mm-hmm. So you may have a great organization, but you have a rogue manager who's either a great manager and goes outside the boundaries of the company to mm-hmm. be a great manager, mm-hmm. or you have a manager who is subpar. Makes life difficult. And people leave mm-hmm. leaders, managers. They don't generally leave companies. I'm, you know, oh, that's I mean, that's interesting. That yeah. it is. I mean, I I really agree with that. I mean, I'm a hundred percent from from running my company. I look at it. If somebody leaves my organization, I look at it, and this is my personal opinion. I look at it as it's my responsibility as a leader that I failed them. Because I truly believe, from from a recruitment standpoint, I do believe that this is a very, very fun and very enjoyable industry. But if I didn't make it right for them, then there's something that I didn't do to help them be successful, or I didn't help them succeed in, in their in their journey. Mm. Absolutely. So with mental health, right? Mm-hmm. If if we're if we're going to have the conversation, we have to let people know that we care enough that they can be vulnerable to us, absolutely, and not be blackballed or, exactly. or marked as the special one right. to worry about. Or exactly, you know, how do you change that? Well, so isn't that human nature to well, be a jerk ass that way? <laughs> Maybe well, for some. And I think that that comes back to a whole different discussion about leadership, but <laughs> Very in, in, it's touche. In, in this case, I think it comes down to, okay, do I feel comfortable with myself enough that I can let other people know that I care about them? And it comes back to what we talked about with, with males and females sometimes of expressing that. Yeah. Because if they don't know you care, then I'm not going to be vulnerable with you. That's not safe. But if I know that you come to me, Bobby, and you say, you know what? And then again, this, this answers another question we talked about earlier. If you come to me and say, hey, Marshall, I've noticed that you're struggling with these projects, and I'm really concerned because that's not you. I know that you're able to crush these projects, and you have for five years. How can I help you? What's going on? How are you feeling? Are you engaged? Is something going on that we need to talk about? And if you don't feel comfortable talking with me, we have some resources, some people. What can I do for you? Yeah. All of a sudden, 
It's not about my job. It's not about the bonus. It's not about my boss looking good. It's genuine caring concern about me. The well-being of you as yes. the individual, not, not, not work environment related. Exactly. So now all of a sudden I can say, you know what? I'm having some challenges. You know, I don't know what happened or my mom passed away. I didn't know this was going to affect me like this. I, I thought I was going to be strong through this. But are people going to have that conversation unless they feel like they can? Because we don't want to be perceived as human beings as weak, especially men. But You're right. You're 100% right on that one. How does a company create that? Because to me, that sounds like just a decent manager that's a good human being. How do you create a company that knows how to hire decent people like that? Well, and you, how, how do you create that? in a process and a system. Right. Can you? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Ah, there's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> and, and here's how. And again, this is, this is where I spend some of my time in, in, in the workplace, is organizations, culture, is living your core values. That's what culture is. Not only not only write it or, or say that you do it, but actually act and as act as if you want. Unfortunately, it is what you do. There's been some corporate companies I've been in where we all made fun of that because we knew it was just written down. Exactly, and it meant absolutely nothing. Right. It's like we paid some money to some guy to come in to write this really cool phrase for us. Right. That we're not living and we're not vested in. No. Right. Everybody knew it. Yeah. And so if if you know Enron, right? Enron had core values. <laughs> Yeah. Look at where they ended up. Right? Yeah. And if you read their core values, I don't have my paper with me right here, but if you read their core values, you'd be like, well, those that are great. like a great company. Yeah. And they didn't live them. So you not only have to write them, but you have to live them. So if you live your core values, and then when you make hiring decisions, are you using those core values to weigh, if you will, the people you're bringing into the organization to whether they're either living those core values already or if they're willing to begin living those core values. Are they coachable? Yeah. And if they are, then they'll be a good fit. If they're not, then you ought to have them go work somewhere else and find another candidate. Agree. Yeah. Well, and I think that kind of ties into just the understanding of just because you've been with a company so long doesn't mean that you're the right person to be a manager or to be in that leadership role. It really does take a special individual who can be compassionate and who can be caring and who can put somebody else's needs above their own to, to make sure it's, it's for the betterment of the, of the team and them. Yeah. And, and absolutely. Amen. And what you said earlier, Bobby, was how do you get an organization to have caring, concerned leaders? Well, you hire caring, concerned leaders, <laughs> right? Right. So you answered your question is yeah. that's where you spend your time. And if so, so it really is I mean, a lot of times, of course, I, I look at my past corporate world too. Uh, oh, we're management heavy. You know, we're, we're, why do we need so many managers? What, what does this guy do? He sits in his office and blah, blah, blah. And, and I think if they are a great manager, that isn't, that isn't what you say. You go, oh, my gosh, this guy keeps us together. And I've had amazing managers, and I've had uh, managers that were not so great. Mm -hmm. And the night and day difference between your job experience is huge. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Do you think people with mental health are able to do better with a leader who is weak or not as effective or with an effective leader? How, in which one of those environments are they going to be more successful? An effective leader. Amen, right? P period. So, so productivity, everything goes up for that company when you have leadership that is 
more than anything caring, understanding, connecting, not just a really smart person that worked their way up the ladder. Uh, because unfortunately, I think we've all seen that a lot of times those are the ones that are the worst. Right. Well, they've been a good employee. They've been a great employee, and they kicked their job out of the. And they needed to go somewhere. Yeah. Right. Because well, they've been an awesome, loyal employee, but they are not a manager. Well, another day, another topic is a book <laughs> called "What Got You Here Won't Get You There." Uh-huh. And that's exactly what you're talking about is you have a certain skill set that gets you to a certain level, but those are no longer the skills that are going to get you to the next level. So my last thing is the future does look bright, though, for, for this, that we are going to be open. And, and, and I think even now we look out, people talk about mental uh, strains and things a lot more now than they ever have. Is that a true statement? Absolutely. And if you hear somebody today say that I'm struggling with depression, our 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 reaction isn't, <gasps> oh, my gosh, what's wrong? With, yeah. I, I don't want to catch that. Yep. And yeah, generally we, do, we do this because we don't know how to react to them. Yeah. We don't know how to say, you know what, I'm so sorry and show empathy or compassion. What can I do for you? How yeah. can I help? Right? We forgot the personal touch, so to speak. We forgot to be human. Yeah, exactly. We took yeah. out of the hum, human out of being human. Right. So I, I would say we are changing, but I don't think all companies are changing at the same rate or pace. And I think you you brought it up earlier, both of you did, is this comes down to leadership. So if there's going to be effective change within an organization, it's going to happen because of the leaders. So can I share a couple? Absolutely. Couple Let's okay. do it. We're, yeah. we're going on long haul with this one. Yeah, I figured we would. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It's our show. We can do whatever we want. Okay. Absolutely. So this is interesting. This gives a way to create you know, a mental health policy within your organization. Um, here's a couple things just to note, and this will be my summary. Um, so it says, most employers understand how to accommodate traditional disabilities, but feel out of their element when faced with mental health concerns. Fair? Fair. Like you mm-hmm. brought that up earlier. Yep. While no leader should ever feel compelled to provide all the solutions, providing assistance and secure systems of communication is just as feasible as incorporating a health and wellness program. So there's ways to address this. There's a ways to begin the conversation. Then it jumps down and says, talking about mental health can be scary and uncomfortable, but I found that opening up the conversation in a safe place uh, facilitates bonding and switches the tone of the conversation from a series of shameful confessions, right, because people don't want to say, this is what I'm struggling with, to an open, collaborative, and and solution-focused environment, Crawford said in this article. Okay. A couple ending things here. Two things is when you roll out a program, any type of program like this, one first thing is to train your leaders so that they understand what it is and what it isn't. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of where I'm struggling a little bit. How do you how do you really make sure you get your managers to have buy-in into into what you're trying to do? Well, again, going back to a couple of things you guys have both said is, okay, well, a leader, one of the things their responsibility is for is productivity. Mm-hmm. So if you help them understand part of the why is productivity. And if you have people that are struggling, whether it be with health challenges or mental health challenges or emotional challenges, that is going to impact productivity. So we're doing it because of the individual, but the individual also drives productivity. Hmm. If we're doing it for the productivity, not the individual, where our heart's probably not in the right place. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. How does the company know if, if their managers are doing it right? I mean, how... How, how are they going to hold them accountable to making sure that they're implementing the processes to the to the 
most effectiveness, I guess, is, is the biggest question I'm, I'm having. Well, I would say as leaders, there's a couple ways to do it. There's one way to do it that's anonymous, do surveys, right? Find out what's working, what's not working. And generally, if a leader has a problem in one area, they probably have multiple problems. Okay. I've seen that. If they're successful, you'll see it in their results, right? You'll see it in the productivity. Mm-hmm. You'll see it in the happiness of the employees. You'll see it in the turnover, right? You'll see it in the retention, right? You'll see it in how they talk yeah. about the environment, not only the company environment, but their team environment. So I think there's a lot of ways to observe if you're out there as a leader of leaders to know what's going on within your organization. So do you think there's, so I, I've been hearing more and more about like cultural executives, people that are hired for the culture, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, do, chief do you, people officers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think that is a part of this? Is that a part of this new growth? And, and maybe those people are in charge of making sure the managers are holding true to the culture and caring. And Do you think that's a part of it? Is Because I've never heard of those before. Yeah. Never heard of this uh, chief culture officer and crap like that that – you're like, is that just somebody's friend that needed a, a <laughs> job? job. job? <laughs> well, this is an interesting question. So let me let me give a, a little story or maybe something that draws it to it. How long ago did we not have project managers? Mm-hmm. You know, I remember in the corporate environment that I was the project manager if it was my project. I didn't have a project manager come in and run the project. <laughs> right. I had exactly. to have that skill set. Yeah. So I think that for me, it's one of those things that you get to a certain size of organization and you need a champion of certain things or it doesn't get done. Yeah. So I think some organizations have enough buy-in throughout their leadership team. They don't need somebody like that because they're living it. Everybody breathes it. Everybody talks about it. Everybody expects it. So you don't need somebody to come in to be the focal point. Mm -hmm. Other organizations need somebody to come in and be the champion so it doesn't get lost. I think it comes down to organizations and their cultures. I do think it's a trendy thing to do right now to say we have this title or we have that title. Right. But does it have the impact or the results or outcome that they want? I don't know. Sounds like a fun job. I want that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> culture guy. Sign me up. I'll right. hook you up, guys. I'll show you how to care about your people, man. Absolutely. Sounds so like let, a fun job. <laughs> let me close with this. So after you train your leaders on mental health, right, you need to train employees. And so they give some information here that people can go and read. I want to share two last thoughts so after they do these sessions one employee shared this both sessions encouraged our team to talk openly about mental health and i received this is the person conducting facilitating the meetings overwhelming positive feedback from leadership and employees alike about encouraging facilitating us having this conversation and i know there's a company here in utah that does this and they facilitate the conversation they're proactive in talking about mental health to companies and do a group setting or something like yes, that? Yes, they talk like in a like a leadership meeting mm-hmm. or in an all-employees, all-hands-on-meeting. They talk about mental health. Yeah, I used to like those. Okay? So, me too. So <laughs> When they brought good people on. Yeah, right. when they brought the Mark Eatons of the world <laughs> yeah, to talk, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, some of them are really cool. Others Absolutely. not so much. But. Yeah. <laughs> so here's what one employee even said. I just wanted to say how much I appreciate the mental health policy. So few people, much less employers, consider the importance of mental health in the workplace. I love working for a company that is so, that is so progressive and open in employee health care. I feel more comfortable and valued as an employee. Okay. Last comment here is employee wellness is not a new concept. Companies around the country offer employees free gym memberships, yoga classes that you were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier, incentives for healthy diets. What's sorely lacking is an equal focus on mental health programs. As a company leader, 
you have the power to change your organization's attitude and support system around mental health for the better. And at least one of your employees is waiting for you to realize it. The time is now. Wow. Wow. That's, that is powerful. That is powerful. And I, I think, um, the good, the good news for me is that I think, uh, we are trending in that direction that, uh, the future of IT and the future of the work industry, corporation, corporate, is that there's uh, they see more productivity in more caring. Absolutely. And and I think to me that that's I look forward to the future just because of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Now speaking of the future, as we end, let's open a fortune cookie. Oh, let's do Love it. it. Yeah. Know, let's I see. Like it. Let's see what our future yes, holds. Let's see what our future is. is the, the, the future is here. All right. Okay, is this going to actually be a fortune or tell me about my good life? Well, it's I'm per- thinking it's going to be about your good life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, that's not a fortune. Let's do this thing. Well, who's going first? You are. Oh, well, of course, because I asked. <laughs> Cast your fears aside. Believe in yourself, baby. <laughs> all right, all right. I like that uh, one. I would have liked to have seen cast your fears aside. You got some cool crap coming in the <laughs> <Right>. future. <laughs> Mine is very, very simple. Mine is two words. Share joy. Share joy. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good one, especially with the topic we're right? talking about That's today. exactly what I ah. thought. Okay, mine says you will soon receive support from an unexpected source. Uh, now that's a fortune right that there. Is, yeah. That's a fortune. I like it. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks for indulging uh, me. Hey, Absolutely. Thank you for, for being on the show, Marshall. I think this was really, really interesting, engaging, and, and a topic that uh, is not going to go away. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about this for a long time. And Absolutely. hopefully companies are going to really – this is not, like you were saying, uh, hopefully a fad thing. We're going to actually start caring about people and maybe accidentally make this world even a better place to be in. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you. This has been The New IT. We will see you next time.